Hello, everybody, and welcome to Author Boost. We are live with several of us here. We have several executives from HCI or Health Communications Inc. And then we have a couple best selling authors with us, Lisa McCourt and Kelly Brown, and they'll share tips and tricks and trends and resources and all this good stuff here with us as we take the next hour to be with you. This is for aspiring authors, published authors. I don't know, writer, whatever all the words for writing, if you're a poet, we're, come on in. We're, uh, we're here to help and um, we'll be here, like I said, for the next hour. So I thought I would start, we're going to take turns talking with you, um, the, our audience, and we're going to kind of go one by one. And I thought I would start with Christian. Christian is the editorial, or no, he is not the editorial director, Christine. Sorry, I just get that up. I got her live. Um, Christian is the executive vice president, actually, <laughs> yeah, of, of HCI. I had you guys in the wrong order. And um, I would just love to, to just start with you, Christian, and talk about what HCI does, what HCI is, the history. Give us a little bit of information about HCI. And again, this is Christian Blonshine. He's the executive vice president of, of HCI. Thanks, Elizabeth. Um, yes, I am I am not uh, the editorial director. I couldn't and wouldn't even attempt to do what uh, Christine can do. Um, but HCI is a nonfiction publishing house. Um, I believe we are entering our 47th year of publishing, which is uh, really a, a, a significant feat that, that we're proud of. Um, our roots um, stem from the addiction recovery market. Um, we actually started out publishing pamphlets uh, for the US military, believe it or not, and segued into um, traditional book publishing. In fact, the, the third book we ever published made its way onto the New York Times bestseller list, um, a book called Adult Children and Alcoholics. I believe that was in 1983. Um, then over the years, um, we broadened our reach to more um, generic um, or um, broad self-help inspiration. Uh, notably, we did the Chicken Soup for the Soul books um, and that um, little craze served us quite well through the 90s. Um, into the 2000s, we're continuing to publish books on addiction and recovery issues, self-help, inspiration, wellness. Um, our, our company motto is changing lives one book at a time. So I think essentially what you could say we do is is publish any book that helps someone somehow. Um, you know, we we try to do that and sell a lot of books. We don't always, unfortunately, do that, but you know, I think we can really. Um, rest our head at night knowing that the people who do read our books are benef benefiting from it somehow, some way. So. Yeah. Love it. Anybody have anything to add to that other than thank you, Christian. And sorry, I, I goofed that up um, a little bit at the beginning, but we're all good. Um, so we also have Christine Bellaris with us and um, she's the exec editorial director. I'm going to just goof that up all the time, I guess today, because I've got it written down wrong actually. So um, she's the editorial director um, for HCI. And so that's a wow. I've been working with you on my new book and I don't know, I don't know how you, how you do what you do. You read so many books at a time when they're released and they're all perfect and punctuated and edited and thoughts added and everything. But, um, I have, a, I just have a question for you. How long have you been with HCI? Oh, oh since I was a small child, <laughs> I was, I, it was the, like, early 90s when I started at HCI, right after we published the first Chicken Soup for the Soul book. Um, and then I was there for 10 years. Then I had my kids and they were little. So I took a, a little hiatus, like a 10-year hiatus and did freelance. And then I came back. And I think I've been back 12 years now. I, I don't know. I've kind of lost track of time, but <laughs> decades. Tell us what you do other than my my description, because I, I that's just my version of it. But tell us what you do. Uh, um, well, yeah, I mean, kind of the first thing I do is, um, you know, look through all the, the manuscript submissions that come in, um, you know, and do a first read through. We decide as a, a group, we have meetings every other week and we decide as a group, you know, what we should publish, you know, in any given season. But, you know. I and uh, I have a fellow editor, Darcy Bean, and she, we both, you know, do that first pass. Um, 
then we send out a contract. So I send the contracts out to, and, you know, generate an offer via with Christian. Um, I write, there's copy that goes uh, on our online portal, which feeds to the, you know, online retailers. So I write that the descriptive copy, we kind of have to decide, you know, how books are priced, uh, page count. Um, I work with our um, art director to, you know, I give her cover ideas and then she facilitates the ideas, you know, really fleshes them out. Um, then I, you know, edit the books. Although we use freelancers there also, um, free because we can't possibly do everything and it helps to have a number of eyes on a book. But I'll do developmental edits. Then, you know, the books go to freelancers who do proofreading. So, you know, I kind of oversee that. Um, I write the back cover copy too for the books. So, you know, yeah, there's a lot going on at different times, but I, you know, I love it. I've always loved it. <laughs> and you learn a lot yeah. in this business. As you know, I jokingly tell people I get to go to work and work on myself because of the kinds of books that we do. But, you know, you meet all kinds of fascinating people like you, Elizabeth. <laughs> and, oh. You know, yeah, you learn a lot of new things every day. Yeah, I, I want to ask you guys a question. Would you like me to introduce you first? I think I think that might make sense for all the audience for me to just go through and do little introductions like that. And then we'll circle back. What we have planned for you guys is to leave here today with a bunch of tips, tricks and so forth. So we'll go back to each person and, and ask for a resource, a trend and a tip. And so you'll leave here um, really with a wealth of information and kind of knowing where to go, whether you decide to self-publish or submit to be traditionally published, uh, have an agent, whatever it is going on, I think we'll we'll cover the round. Does that work for everybody on the call? Yeah. OK, let's go to Lindsay next. Um, Lindsay, I, I've been also saying your last name right, but we've got it. It's Lindsay Treble. <laughs> and um, tell us about what you do at HCI. So I'm HCI's PR and marketing coordinator. I've been with the company for about three years. Um, collectively, I have about 15 years of book publishing experience. Uh, I work, you know, on the PR and marketing campaign. So I implement anything that HCI is doing on behalf of books. But then I also work with the authors to utilize their platforms um, for marketing and publicity purposes. Thank you. Yeah, it was good to meet you the other day. Hopefully in the next month or so. So it's cool to meet everybody in person. Um, should we go with Lisa next? Thank you, Lindsay. Um, Lisa, tell us all about you. You want to hold up your book too? Oh, thank you. Sure. Yeah, I have been. Oh, here we go. You told me a trick. There. We're here to have fun and make your day brighter. So, you know, we're, we're all human here. That's right. Here's some joy. Catch it if you can. Um, <laughs> I've been in and out of the, the HCI circle almost the same amount of time as Christine. Yes. I came in through the Chicken Soup for Little Souls books. I did the the Little little Souls, the, the kids' books that um, that Jack and Mark had created, the, the series. And I've done ghostwriting for HCI. And yeah, my most recent, I have an online joy school. I'm a joy teacher. And my most recent book is the one I just kind of efficiently showed you. It's called Free Your Joy that I was blessed to um, to, to create with my HCI family. Oh, that's a great word. It is family, isn't it? <laughs> All right, Kelly, you're up. Hey, my name is Kelly Brown, and I am a first-time HCI author. I did this book with Christine and Lindsay and Darcy, and this has been a really healing um, experience for me. It's called 101 Ways to Create Mindful Forgiveness, and um, I feel really blessed and honored that I was able to bring this information to um, everybody around the world. So, yeah, that's now, me. Thank you. We have somebody missing. We have um, somebody. Would somebody like to talk about Larissa? <laughs> Larissa. Oh, Larissa. Larissa is amazing. She's She's been with the company almost as long as I have. She started, I don't know, a few months, six months after I did. But she's our art director. But, um, you know, she uh, facilitates the cover. She 
we'll give her an idea and she designs the cover. She designs the insides of the books. Um, she and typesets the books, but, and she has to actually make the corrections at that point because it's the books are done in InDesign. So I can't go in and make changes once the book is typeset. So she does that too. And, you know, handles all the press work and, and she does all the uh, digital images, you know, everything that all the marketing materials that Lindsay produces, you know, she does that. So. And she's just one human as well. She's one human, but you know, five people in one and the nicest person you'll ever want to meet. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. I spared everybody my last name and just did Elizabeth. Hi. Um, I'm the author of The Change Guidebook. Um, and then I have a new one coming out called The Success Guidebook, both with HCI. And I'm so, I've, I've guidebooks. <laughs> and I kind of go like this with my book. I don't know about you guys, Kelly and Lisa, but, I, you know, it, sometimes it tucks under my pillow and I can't believe that I get to do this and, and things like that. And I think a lot of authors feel that way. They're like, I can't believe this is my life. This is so cool. We get to do work. So thank you, um, Christine, Lindsay, Christian, for, for helping us um, live our dreams. Because I think a lot of people have the dream. As uh, I think that's Lisa and Kelly. Don't a lot of people come up to you and go, how do you do what you do? How do you become an author? Well, you get a lot of questions like that. I want to do what you do. Or I, I've, always, I've always wanted to write a book. How do I do that? And so that's kind of people kept asking those questions to me. So I'm like, let's do author boost. And let's answer questions for people in a format that might might answer some of those questions. So that's where this comes from. Um, all the questions we get as authors, like, can you help? And then the other one you get is, please, can you help me? <laughs> like, yes, we can. <laughs> so um, who would like to go first to talk about resources, trends, and tips? Um, do you want to take that? Do wanna, Lindsay, do you want to? Sure, I'll go first. Okay. So my resource is really looking at other authors and what they're doing. So using other authors as resources. So as an example, like if you're writing a personal growth book, you might want to look at some other authors that have written personal growth books and see like what they're doing on their website, on their social media, and you can get a lot of great ideas from them. Um, you can also get the ideas of like content you can post related to your book. So just utilizing other authors and as ideas, inspiration. Yeah. Um, other than us on the call, because we know we know you well, is there, is there some place that you would recommend, like a, an author that you really love that you would like us to go look at their website or anything like that, it, you know, within the HCI family? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I, I think all three of you are good, you know, good authors to check out because you all three have social media followings. Uh, you do a great job. You have multiple books, um, so you have a lot of experience with promoting the books on social media. So I would check out Elizabeth, Lisa, and Kelly's social media. Okay. And then how about, what's a trend that you see in terms of marketing and PR? Uh, a trend I see is, you know, authors are using TikTok as a platform. A lot of authors have TikTok accounts now, in addition to Twitter and Facebook, you know, the things that everyone's had for years. Um, there's also uh, book talk, which is popular. Although um, I found that a lot of the book talk accounts focus on young adult romance and fiction books, um, but there is definitely some uh, ways that self-help authors can use TikTok. And obviously having an account is, you know, a start. Yeah. And, and how about a, a tip you have for us, a, a marketing tip or, or two or three or four or five? Because I always say it's one thing to write a book. It's another thing to market it and find readers. Yes, exactly. Um, it's uh, so my tip is just to build yourself as an expert in your genre or niche market. Um, so especially if you haven't written a book yet, um, finding ways like writing articles, uh, public speaking, building a social media uh, following, networking, uh, maybe building an email list, but kind of building up your platform in your area of expertise. Um, and that can increase your chances of getting a publishing deal um, or, or if you're self-publishing. And then also you'd have those built-in platforms for promotion and marketing, whether you're self-publishing or you're working with a publisher. Um, we, have a, we have a question for you about Amazon reviews. 
Um, how important are Amazon reviews? And is that something that you pay people to do for you? Or were those genuinely people that go up there and post reviews? Or how does that work? Uh, so Amazon reviews are really important. The Amazon guidelines ask that the Amazon reviews are verified purchases. So it wouldn't be something I'd pay anyone to do. It'd be more like, you know, trying to get them through verified purchases on the site, but they are really important. I know when I'm purchasing a book or anything, honest, honestly, and on Amazon, I'm looking at the reviews before I make my purchase. And does that uh, carry over into all the other places where you can write reviews, like Barnes & Noble and Books A Million? Like, it seems like each place has a place where you can write reviews. Is Amazon the most important for authors? Um, I definitely think Amazon's really important. Um, I know that you can post reviews on Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. I don't think they have to be verified purchases. Um, so I think you can just post there. Um, but I do think a lot of people are looking to Amazon reviews. Um, Goodreads is another place to get reviews. And those don't have to be a verified purchase. Okay. And then, if, well, you actually have kind of a flood of questions here. So the, another question is, um, what does it mean to be on the New York Times bestseller list? Uh, so the New York Times bestseller list has a formula that they use um, for having accounts report to them. And uh, so each week there's a New York Times list that's produced and books can end up on it. Um, it's very hard to get on the New York Times bestseller list, but they're looking at and, and nobody here really knows the formula that they use to select books. But um, what we do know is that it's a lot of books that is required to get on the New York Times bestseller list. And it's weekly sales, um, and also that they do keep in, in mind like sales from various accounts. Um, so, you know, sales from Amazon, uh, from independent bookstores, Barnes and Noble, etc. Okay, perfect. I don't know if Christine or Christian want to chime in about New York Times. Yeah, I mean, I can just add, um, to that that it is actually and if you if you google it it is a big mystery how that list is formulated um because we've had instances over the years where um books there is a traditional um sales reporting outlet called nielsen bookscan that reports how many books sell on a weekly basis at approximately 75 percent of retail outlets and we've had books that on a given week have outsold some of the books on the New York Times list, but it could be so heavily skewed, let's say in favor of Amazon, like a bulk of the sales were all on Amazon. The New York Times uh, doesn't necessarily count that. They, what, they, I, what I believe they try to do is get a representation of independent booksellers, uh, the retail outlets outside of Amazon, and not just you know, something that might have been skewed by a singular event, a bulk purchase, something along those lines. Uh, I even believe there's there's an editorial component to their review. So it really is like this trade secret as to how you get onto the list. But one thing I can say is if you if you do get on the list, it's it, it's a really significant milestone, obviously. Yeah. What what can we if we don't make a list like that, um, what can we do to um, be successful? Like, are we successful? Are we failures? Are we, you know, what are we if we're not on that list? Are, are we great authors? Are we, you know how we, you know how we are. We, we, we definitely um, talk to ourselves a little bit here and there about what we are and what we aren't and how we benchmark our success and things like that. Um, so I don't know if that, that's choppy, but if you don't end up on that list, does that mean you can't be an author anymore? I would say no. I mean, I would actually say it's the opposite because i mean there's what 10 to 15 i think depending upon the list of the new york times per week and i'll get to this in some of my tips tools and trends but the number of books published every year is staggering so if you're going to say only the 10 top 10 to 15 out of millions that are published every year are quote unquote successful authors then then no um, I always like to say that publishing is a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Um, as a publisher ourselves, I would much rather have a book that sells steady, consistent, decent quantities year in, year out, maybe never makes a bestseller list, but sells the same a dozen year one as a dozen year 10, as opposed to a book. And we've had this before that'll hit the list first week out sales drop off a cliff and you're done. So 
there's a lot of variables in it, um, but I, I by no means think that making the New York Times bestseller list should, you know, obviously it should be everyone's goal. Um, but if you don't ever sniff it, that doesn't mean you can't be a successful author. Okay. All right. Um, we're going to, can we stay with you and just talk about what resource um, you wanted to talk about today? Sure. So um, let me, I want to start with the tip because as Christine was talking about Larissa, I actually have two now because um, for those on here, whether you're interested in self-publishing or, or finding a traditional publisher, I can't stress the importance of cover design. Um, the way people buy books nowadays is, is I mean, this is even true prior to, but um, with so much emphasis on online purchases, you got to remember probably 75% of the consumer audience of books is looking at a little thumbnail this big um, of your book. It has to catch your eye enough that you want to start reading the copy, you know, pursuing further. So if you don't have, you know, an impactful cover, you're liable to move, um, have that consumer move on to the next one because there's so much content out there available. So that would be my first tip. My second tip is, is kind of touching on what Lindsay said earlier and referencing our three authors here. You always have to be promoting. Um, no matter whether it's an audience of one or an audience of a thousand. Um, and I keep, you're going to probably hear me chime on this repeatedly, particularly for us in the nonfiction world. It is such a competitive um, industry, right? We are not only competing with the millions of books that I said get released every year, but we're competing with TikTokers and content creators and Instagrammers and podcasters and bloggers and just regular internet um, articles and pieces. So we have to, you always have to be promoting. You always have to be presenting your message um, so that you never know where that big opportunity might be paying attention to you. Um, so always be promoting. That That's my, that's my tip. Um, the tool was tricky for me, um, but I, I did think that um, for many watching, they might not be aware of a relatively inexpensive resource called Publishers Weekly. Um, Publishers Weekly started as a, um, a magazine for the industry, for industry professionals, authors, um, but it has evolved a little bit more. They have self-publishing um, tools, review sections where you can purchase reviews. Um, but I really think that's uh, would be useful because it, it has evolved into, again, whether you're looking to self-publish or find a traditional publisher, what traditional publishers are acquiring, what types of books are doing well. They have bestseller lists that they create that are more curated instead of just maybe fiction versus nonfiction. It breaks it down into romance or sci-fi or children's or this or that. And it's, and it is a representation of just what is selling via book scan as opposed to the times, which, you know, there's a little more involved in it. Um, so you, and so you can just get a better sense of what, you know, we as the industry folks um, look at um, what people are acquiring, what's doing well. And it, it's just a good, um, it's a good resource and it's in print and in digital. They have emails. They have a lot of different things that people can uh, sign up for. Some of it's free, some of it's paid. Um, and the last, in terms of like, in terms of a trend, um, I was researching this in preparation for, um, this webinar and I found something that I hope is true for us, for HCI as a trend for 2024. Um, and that's the importance of quality in term in the content. Um, we have always prided ourselves on the, on what we publish, um, as I mentioned in the intro, you know, not every book, unfortunately, can be, you know, a New York Times bestseller, but the, our content is always good. Um, the really interesting piece that I that I read about this was with the advent of AI and artificial intelligence and them creating content. I think now more than ever, I'm hopeful that um, work with people like you all behind it, standing behind it, researching it, whatever the case may be, um, is going to be more important than ever. And, and I think that for us, that would be a, 
a great thing and I hope it comes true in the coming years. Love it. Um, what do you think you have questions? Um, do you mind if I ask you a few questions? Do you have time sure. and everything? Okay. Um, you have a question about what is the nonfiction authors association? Does, and if you don't know if, if somebody doesn't feel well-versed on that, does anybody know what that is? Lindsay, do you know what that is? I've heard of it, but I don't know enough about it to speak to it. Okay. So we'll, we'll answer your question in the form of, I'll get back to you on that. How's that work? <laughs> Sorry about that. So, um, but Nonfiction Authors Association. Um, somebody said that they had found um, a good a, a good group there. So I've never, I haven't, I don't think I have much uh, information there so to share. So we'll get back to you on that one. Um, you also have a question um, about Publishers Weekly, Christian. Um, okay. Is Publish Weekly, Publishers Weekly the same as um, uh, Book Life? So Book Life is a part of Publishers Weekly. So um, they created Book Life um, with the rise of self-publishing uh, as a way of um, providing, as far as I know, it's paid reviews as opposed to um, what they do on the, the trade publishing side, which um, they're not paid, um, but it is a way to get books reviewed. Um, and as I indicated um, the readers of this magazine are heavily book really um, industry related so librarians booksellers so if they're reading these reviews that's a means of a self-published book getting in the hands of some traditional retail outlets influencers etc got it okay so those were the two that just came in for you um lindsay somebody just asked about uh, if i can go back to you for a minute if you don't mind somebody just asked about awards um, does it matter if your book wins an award or not? Or what are some of the awards that um, they asked? What are some of the awards I could enter my book in? <laughs> um, well, we, at HCI, we have a list of awards that we send out to the authors to be, have their book considered. Uh, so a few off the top of my head are the Nautilus Award, um, the IBPA Award. Um, there's the Independent Book Award. Uh, Elizabeth's book in particular has won quite a few awards, the Change Guidebook. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the awards are, you know, something that authors like to enter their book into. Uh, and, you know, there's, you know, I, I don't really have anything else to say about them other than, you know, you enter the book and see if it wins. And it's like a nice marketing tool, you know, to be able to say that the book is award-winning if you win. Um, we, at HCI, we have had quite a few authors who have won awards. Uh, so we're really proud of that. Um, again, I'm taking questions from people on Twitter and Facebook and DMs and there's, they're coming at me in different spots across. So if I'm looking at different things, it's because I'm, I'm kind of looking at different screens while I'm talking. So sorry if I'm looking away and stuff. Um, you, uh, Christine, you have a question. Um, when I know we haven't talked to you yet, but I'm going to just go ahead and ask you the question first. Um, you have a question of, um, there's, they're saying their stacks of rejection letters is very high. It's getting bigger and bigger is what they said, which was cute. I'm sorry. Um, what do you, um, do they, they want to know, do they give up? Do they keep going? What do, what do you do when your stack, is it, what do you do when your stack rejection letters is, is, you know, I just, you, know you, you believe in yourself and your message, you know, just keep going. And sometimes, you know, maybe they're just form rejection letters and they don't really tell you anything, but you know, sometimes editors will give you, a reason why they rejected it. So, you know, maybe if you could include some of their suggestions, maybe that would, yeah, you know, That's change someone's mind and you could always resubmit. Yeah, Lisa, go ahead. Did you, do you have rejection letters in your? I'm 90% sure it's Stephen King. It might be someone else, but I think Stephen King wallpapered a room with his early rejection letters. So there you go. It's a little visual. I mean, and Jack Canfield was, Chicken Soup for the Soul was turned down. The numbers been thrown out there, a number of different numbers. It's significant, 25, 30 times before it came to our desk and, and we did it. So um, I think that the metaphor of the marathon and not the sprint that I referred to earlier could apply to the process of finding a publisher too. Um, you know, it is competitive, but you gotta stay the course like Christine says, if you believe in your message. Yeah. Um, it might just be that, you know, we like what you wrote. It's just not what we're looking for right now. Yeah. 
you know, it's there any number of things. Don't take it personally. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I get it. Um, the the follow up question there is what this is a doozy. So I don't know who wants to take this, but what's the difference between traditional hybrid and self-publishing? And I know we answered this, I think we answered this question last year on our on our first author booth, but it doesn't hurt to repeat ourselves, I don't think. Does somebody want to take that, what the difference is between the three things? I mean, I, I can take, I'll start, and if anybody wants to chime in, they can. I mean, I think the main difference with a traditional agreement is, um, is um, the, the details of the contract and the term, most of the financial terms. Um, traditional publishers assume most of the cost to to manufacture, to distribute, to do all of the front end editorial costs. Um, and then therefore when they sell the books, um, they pay a smaller royalty. I, and I'm not a self-publishing company, so I'm, I'm making some assumptions here, but I think on the self-publishing end, it's reversed. The author incurs the costs to produce, um, market, promote, but they get the lion's share of the royalties. Um, I believe the hybrid is any form in between. Um, there are some companies I think that provide some of the stuff that we do um, with the cost and the splits and all that stuff kind of in between. So, um, I mean, I think that's the gist of it. It's, it's where does the responsibility lie? Um, in traditional, it's mostly with the publisher. In self-publishing, it's predominantly with the author. Yeah. Oh, here's a good question. <laughs> I like this one. Here's one. Um, do you think Amazon should split them up into those three categories on Amazon so that this, these books are here, these books are here, and these books are here? Or should they all just be mixed up like they are with 10 million books? That's an interesting question. It is. Um, I don't really, I can't really think of a reason why they would be split because I know, I know a number of really great authors that self-publish. Uh, I know our authors are great. Um, I think there are circumstances for going like with each in each direction. Like I sometimes authors are say to me, I'm going to self-publish and I see why, like I might, if I was in their shoes, um, and conversely, I see why people want to come to a traditional publisher, but at the end of the day, you know, it's still the same product. I like, I, uh, that's almost like saying you're going to go to a store and the socks are going to be separated by manufacturer. I mean, ultimately, yeah. um, some socks are better than other socks, but you still go to the sock department for them. So. Okay, good. Um, that didn't answer your question. Just go ahead and type me another DM. Um, okay, Christine, you're on. <laughs> All right. Um, and Christine is the editorial director. I'm just going to stress that again <laughs> of, of HCI. Oh, man, there's a lot of work involved there. Um, I know I'm going through that process with you right now. So it's a, it's a lot of work that you do. Um, would you like to start with a resource, a trip, a, a tip mm -hmm. or a trend, or how would you like to I'll, start? I'll start with a resource, writer's market. You know, when you're researching, where should I send my book to? There's a great resource called writer's market. Um, it's in the bookstores, or you could go to the library and it gives, uh, you know, every publisher in North America, what exactly they're looking for, the person you should send your manuscript to. Um, and they also like have different, they update it every year. Um, and then they also have segmented versions of this book. So the writer's market for, for children's books, you know, you really want to target who you're going to send your proposal to. And they'll tell you, you know, each publisher will tell you exactly what they're looking for. Um, so that's my resource. Um, you know, another resource, just your eyes and ears, go into the <laughs> store, go into the library and see what's out there. You know, it could be a little daunting, but you can see, you know, what's selling and, you know, what's being recommended. I know at our local library in Boca Raton, there's always a, a table with um, referrals from the librarians. You know, what are they recommending? Um, so you want to look at that. Um, a trend that's happening right now, I think, you know, there's a lot of distress in our world today, you know, the wars and 
politics and I think people are getting people are exhausted by that. I mean, I'm kind of a political junkie, so I like all those books, but a lot of people are going to are weary. <laughs> and I think especially come November, people are going to be really tired of that. So I think self-care and mental health is still like, it's, you know, getting more important. So books that focus on that, I think, you know, that's a trend. Any um, specific kind of, any within that, any anything specific or everything or I think just kind of everything. So I mean, you know, as an author, you need to look out there and say, well, what's my message, um, and how does it differ from what's already out there? You know, I know with self help readers, especially um, self help readers, like kind of formulaic sort of approaches, seven steps to blah blah blah, ten steps to. And I mean, all three of you have done a good job of including, um, you know, interactive portions in your books. So that that keeps them relevant. People who read these types of books like that, you know, they like to work on themselves. And, um, you know, that also necessitates buying a book versus just going to the Internet and finding, you know, a quick article. That's something we always say in our editorial meetings that we have. You know, is this topic something that I want to want a full book for? Am I going to, you know, shell out 15, 16, 20 dollars on this or can I find it for free? I think a lot of people thought that ebooks would be the demise of the print book, but that's not really it. It's all the information that's out there. So why do I need a book about this? What about I knew I'm going to. You're going to get questions while we're talking because just it was by the nature here. Um, you have a question about audiobooks. Um, what about audiobooks? Um, are they are they super popular? Are they a trend? Are they a thing? They're um, a big thing, actually. That's the fastest growing part of the market, isn't it, Christian? I think it's uh, set to overtake ebooks. Yeah, without a doubt, it's huge right now. Um, very very popular. Um, some cool technology over the last few years has come about to where audiobooks can interact um, with ebooks to as where you could be reading your ebook and you get to page 25 and then you got to get in your car, you pick up where you left off on the ebook on page 26 of the audiobook. So there's some really cool technology, um, mostly with Amazon uh, and who owns Audible. Um, but yeah, 100% audiobook is the fastest growing segment of the of the market right now. Okay. One of our new authors, and we, this book's coming out um, next month, and she tagged like meditations that you can go to on her website. You know, so you have to buy the book, but then you find the meditations and you go to her website. And she's, you know, like you can constantly drive the traffic that way back and forth. Love you know? it. Um, do you mean by like codes, like a QR code? Yeah, she has a, she has, it's not a QR code, but she just has a symbol, like an ear, <laughs> meaning yeah. this is a meditation. She has it printed in the book, but if you don't, you know, it's hard to read this meditation and then try to remember it while you're meditating. So you go to, you know, her website and then you can hear the meditation yeah. while you're doing it. Yeah, I like that. And I like um, that was one of my tips, actually, is mm -hmm. to drive traffic to your website, like post on social media and use social media and use hashtags and so forth and so forth. But don't live there, because if that platform goes obsolete or anything like that um, or isn't popular, like you don't see 20 year old kids on Facebook and things like that. They're over on Snapchat or TikTok or wherever they are. And so I like the fact that she's driving traffic back to her website. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I try to do. And I always. Um, discourage people from um, judging somebody's post by the number of likes and comments, because if you're a traffic driver, you've sent them back to your website for the traffic, not for the traffic on Facebook. So it's kind of misleading because everybody wants to have that engagement while well, the engagement's over here, not here. So I think that's, that's really cool that she did that. I like that. Um, all right. And how, and what else do you have today? Sorry for chiming in. I don't remember to you guys make sure that you well a couple tips make sure that you read and read and edit oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> times yeah. 
10 before you send something to a publisher. Because if I see a you know big typo or a huge mistake on the first page, you know, we can't trust that what you've given us is going to be great because it's you know hundreds of pages. So do your homework. Um, and my my other tip though is to um, use your friends. I mean, have other people read your book, your proposal before you send it in. You know, I'm like one person, and I, I like to tell people an editor is just a reader who can ask questions of the author. But, you know, you've got this whole world around you of friends or if you're in a writer's group, you know, they can give you good critiques too. as many people as you can have read the book before you even send it in, I think is helpful. That's a great idea. Although, but although Lisa and Kelly and I are like, and a lot of people duck for cover when you ask that. Oh yeah. Anyway, all right. Are you? Do you have anything else? Are you good for now? I think that's it. Okay. We're about at one forty, so we've been on for forty minutes. Um, if you have any comments or questions or anything like that, keep sending them in. Um, we're gonna go to Kelly. How's that, hey. Kelly? Hey, Hi, hello Kelly. everybody. Thank you so much. Okay, so I would say that my resource would definitely be Google Trends, and mm -hmm. I've used it to see. Um, like for instance, picking a title. Um, I'll put into the search engine, um, like the word, like in, when I when we did this book, Mindful Forgiveness, I put in the word mindful, I put in the word forgiveness, I put in the words, I'm sorry, apologies, to see how it was ranking not only in the United States over 30 days, over the last five years, but worldwide. And I found that um, there was such a high trend during COVID that people were self-reflecting on their lives in such an extraordinary way. Um, so, which, which takes me to um, self-awareness. That is really what people are searching for. They're looking at how to be better. They are watching podcasts and Jay Shetty and, you know, reaching for intuition books and trying to understand like, how can I evolve? How can I grow? And um, it's really, really uh, interesting as we look at how artificial intelligence has taken over, how, how simultaneously people are reaching for self-help. So it's kind of like a strange dynamic, I think, but how wonderful that we are trying to be more spiritual and um, be more aware as human beings. Um, what next? Uh, my, my, I'm sorry. I was going to say your resource, but. <laughs> oh, um, that was my resource. Okay. My tip would be don't be afraid of no. Okay. I, that, that was advice was given to me by Dorothea Johnson, who I called out of the blue. I had a publisher tell me that they wouldn't, um, that they weren't interested in my my thank you notebook, which has now become a bestseller. It's been published. There's four different versions of it, and they said that if um, if Crane and Company was involved, then they would be interested. And Dorothea said, "Kelly, don't be afraid of no." Called them up. Crane and Company offered to buy the book, and I ultimately went with a different publisher, but they endorsed it, and it was a game changer. And if I had been afraid. How would that have turned out for me? Taking me to this book, Mindful Forgiveness, I had had uh, seen Desmond Tutu's book with his daughter called The Book of Forgiving. I was so moved by it that I reached out to his daughter, who I didn't know, tracked her down, and Mo <laughs> Tutu gave me the endorsement on, on the cover of the book, which, I mean, that for me was an extraordinary blessing. So don't be afraid of no, because all someone can say is no. So ask, ask, ask. Um, am I doing okay so far? I hope so. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Um, TikTok trending. I'm going to go with Lindsay. Um, you know, I, I'm seeing I am not as good as it as I could be, but uh, you have to feed the beast. You have to constantly be on social media and TikTok seems to be not only exploding for the younger generation, but for every generation. 
So as an author, I would say doing research, I would search the hashtags that is in your category of what you're interested in writing about. So for me, forgiveness, intuition, um, romance, or, you know, whatever it is that, that you're interested in and start seeing like who's trending and who's really popular and who has these big platforms. A lot of people do go that way and then get a publishing deal. Um, what else? Uh, I think that's good. I think that's my, my tips. That's perfect. Thank you for that. You're Congratulations on your awesome books. Um, so I, yeah, I love, I love your books. So, and I love you and you're just such a great sparkly smiley so kind, kind comes to mind. So thank, thank you for you always. And uh, Lisa. Thank you, love. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Christine's resource reminded me of, of two similar resources. One is Literary Marketplace, which is online now. It used to be this like huge directory that you had to go to the library and ask the reference librarian for, but now it's online. And it also is a great overview of who's looking for what, what kind of, you know, like editors will, will post what they're, what they're shopping for. So that's convenient. If there happen to be any children book authors here, one of my favorite resources was always SCBWI, the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. That's scbwi.org online. And they have conferences where you can do like speed dating with editors and speed dating with agents and pitch your book. And they're just a, a really great on top of it organization. So those were uh, inspired by Christine's recommendation of, of Writer's Market. So I'm going to come in a little bit different perspective. I loved hearing the, the tips and trends and everything from the marketing perspective, but I thought since we have writers here, I'd come purely from a, a writing perspective on these things. And in that respect, my tip would be don't write to trends. <laughs> I feel like anything that's going to take you away from what is most passionately alive for you that day when you wake up and want to get something onto your computer screen, onto paper, any constraint like, oh, but is that what is trending or are enough people going to be interested in that? Any of that is going to muddy the energy that is going to create your most powerful work. I truly believe that every single one of us has a vibratory signature that will reach readers out there who are only going to really respond to your signature, your energy that you imprint onto those pages. And to make it a powerful quality book like Christian was talking about, that means you are all over it. Your most authentic energy. I don't believe in ass and chair. Every writer, I used to coach writers, every writer I've ever worked with who said, you have to just like put your butt in the chair for a certain number of hours. It, it just creates garbage. You have to see what's most passionately alive for you on that day and write it down, even if it doesn't tie in sequentially to what you wrote the day before. And in that way, you gather all these beautiful, beautiful puzzle pieces that you can then spread out. We call it the clay. You can mold the clay so that it all runs together seamlessly and makes sense. And that's how you're going to have a really, really powerful book because your energy goes into those pages and then the reader's going to pick up the energy that you're writing from. So in that respect, I, I felt like I didn't want writers to worry about what the trends are. Great for, for promotion though. Promotion trends I think are, are super valuable. So another resource along those lines is my dear, dear, dear friend, Jacob Nordby. We used to teach this stuff together. He guides writers. His uh, company now is healcreate.org. He runs programs all the time to help you pull that kind of material out of you, what it's most uniquely yours to share with the world. So that was another, another resource I wanted to share. Love it. Um, how about what's a what's another trend that you're seeing? I'm just going to keep asking you a few questions. Like what's a what's a trend? Another trend that you see happening in the world? What okay, so I, I don't actually consider myself super tapped in to that for the reasons yeah. that I just spoke to. I, I try yeah. not to to write. I know I, I felt like moving away from it, but but I feel like it at least in my my bubble that I exist in, like what I write about and my friends and colleagues write about, I think it's about self-compassion because we've all 
seen the self-help books for a gajillion years about be better, push yourself to be better, push yourself to be better. There's no joy. There's no joy there because none of us are going to be our best selves in every aspect of life at any given moment in time. I feel like there's a trend, at least in my little world, of you know what? I don't have to be the best at anything to have compassion for myself and love for myself and have a joyful existence. I can be the best at finding joy in my ordinary little life right here. And I, I, I hope that's a trend. <laughs> so trend I'm trying to start. <laughs> Perfect. Um, do you, Kelly and Lisa, do you mind telling us your websites so that people, I know we referenced websites earlier. Uh, mine's elizabethgarino.com. That's G-U-A-R-I-N-O. Um, Lisa, what's yours? It's my name right there on the screen, Lisa McCourt, M-C-C-O-U-R-T.com. And what, what's the number one thing that you would want people to look at when they hit your website? Where do you want them to go? I have a brand new three-month intensive that takes, takes uh, I, I work one-on-one -on -one with the, the participant through the, the book that I just released and through my joy trainings that I've done for 20 years. So that would be an exciting thing for them to check out. Perfect. How about you, Kelly? My website is Kelly Brown with an e.net. And I hope that people would check out all the podcasts we've done. Uh, I've done and um, buy the book, buy the forgiveness book, because there's so much you can of information you can learn to heal your life and your relationships. And please leave me a review on Amazon and follow me on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. That's what I would love. That would be the most amazing thing. And it's a great gift to give to someone else. Yeah. You know, I think, I think people don't realize that books are such a great gift. You know, it's really a gift. So what's um, everybody on here? Like what's, what's a, what's your writer's dream? What's your, yeah, I, I heard you say Amazon. Like if you, if you would walk up to someone and say, you know, I really wish you would do this for me to help me out as a writer and in my career and so forth, what, what is it? I'll go with Kelly first. Me? Um, yeah. I, I just wish that, that people would take more time to say thank you and honor, you know, the material that they've read and let other people know. I think there's, you know, we're so busy in our lives. And if something has made a difference for you, acknowledge it. Say, hey, this book was really great. Give, give them a five-star rating. So, you know, the the reviews don't reflect the sales. So you know, my my thank you book sold has sold like fifty thousand copies, and you know there might be a hundred reviews, but it doesn't re reflect right. what's actually the marketplace. You know, so that would really be life changing for all of us. I think yeah. is yeah that I know with Amazon reviews you do have to spend a certain amount before you can leave somebody a review. You do have to spend $50 before you could ever leave somebody a review. I find that with new people to amp, believe it or not, people are still new to Amazon. And so you walk up and they're like, I don't really use Amazon. And they'll, they'll be like, yeah, I'll, I'll leave you a review. And then they can't because it blocks them because they haven't spent enough money yet. So that's, that's one thing with Amazon. I, I, I see the same thing you see where the, you know, you might have 150 reviews, but 3000 copies have sold. So not everybody leaves uh, a review. So that's a good point. How about you, Lisa? What do you, what's on your author wish list that you, you know, wished human beings would do to support you? Yeah, I have to second Kelly there. I I would love for them to be self-starters because I'm horrible at asking for reviews. I've never done it. I don't know how to ask for reviews. So the people who just just voluntarily come and, and share how their, their experience with the book has been on sites like Amazon or other review sites, that's so beautiful, so wonderful. Pop into the author's website and write a note. Let them know, you know, even if you don't want to do a, a review for the public. I think just having that connection, we're all in the business of connecting with our readers. And when the readers, you know, will take the initiative to to make that feel real and like a two-way connection, that's so rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I like the the word of mouth. Um, the, you know, tell somebody. That's what I always wish. Just tell somebody about the book or tell somebody about me or whatever it is. Um, Christian, how do you think books sell better through word of mouth? Absolutely. Um, in our experience, that's that's primarily the way books sell. Um, it's really, really difficult to to just say a certain paid promotion is going to just guarantee book sales. Um, years ago, morning TV would be a guarantee of 
of a book selling in a given week. And, and that has even changed now. Um, mm -hmm. We'll get authors on Good Morning America and you think you're golden and it's not the case. Um, but what I think when people really start referring books to their friends and others, that like that's that's validation to the, the customer or potential customer that that the book is worth reading. Um, I know in and I think that happens in a lot of different ways now. Um, but even going back to our chicken soup days, chicken soup came about through word of mouth. Um, it wasn't a success overnight. Um, the authors were always promoting, as I mentioned, and people started saying, hey, have you read this book? Have you read this book? And gradually steam picks up. And so 100 percent, that is the best way to sell a book is, is word of mouth. Yeah. And I think oh, the three of us are like, please, <laughs> that word of mouth is so important. And the, and the reviews too. Christy, Christy. Yeah. yeah. One interesting thing that the chicken soup guys did at the beginning of the, their whole process, they would like leave the book. They first ask the owner, but like leave the book in diners and in nail salons, beauty salons. So people waiting would, you know, pick up these stories and read them. And, you know, I thought that was genius which stems from kelly's point about asking don't be afraid yeah. to ask if you can have the book sold someplace or if you can leave a copy somewhere in the doctor's way like um don't be afraid yeah we i just um handed out 10 10 of the change guidebooks today to the person fixing our car they, they wanted books for their office and, and I, that's what i do i i'll i'll leave books if I travel someplace like Lindsay, there's copies in New Jersey now. There's, you know, there's, I, I do that all the time. I'll leave a copy here and there, and I'll and I'll write on the inside like finders keepers, you know, love Elizabeth or something like that. And I'll put them just scatter them like leave them in a coffee shop or, or whatever. So, um, yeah, I like doing that a lot. Do, what do you think about libraries these days? Here's a question that we're getting: Are people using libraries? Are are our books carried in libraries? Can they go check it out? Does it have to be a hardcover? What's the scoop with libraries these days? I don't know who wants to answer that. I can I can jump in. I mean, so I, I do think libraries um, are still a very viable outlet for readers. Um, I will say, and I can only speak from our books, um, they are more specifically hardback oriented. Um, they they do books last longer when they're in hardback. I do think it's it's more fiction oriented, but you will find our books in libraries. Um, you just it, it goes back to the choices that libraries have. Um, they have a big pool of books to choose from, but I think if you speak to your local library and you have interest in books, they can um, help you with that. And libraries have uh, ebook options now too. So even if you don't see it on a shelf, that doesn't mean the library isn't necessarily carrying it in a in an ebook. Uh, format. So, yeah. so there is that. Right. And audiobooks. Mm -hmm. You can check out audiobooks from libraries. Right. Yeah. And I wanted to add, I mean, libraries have really evolved into the community gathering places. I mean, I go to the library all the time. It's like a walk from our, my office, but um, they have events there. They have author presentations and signings and um, book clubs through the library. I mean, yeah, libraries have grown more relevant. You know, I think a lot of people thought they were going to die out, but they have not. They've, they've evolved. Yeah, once they allowed, ours allows coffee in. So once that happens, the floodgates open, coffee, and there's a cat. So it's a winner. Um, Lindsay, what, what kind of trends are you seeing in um, social media for authors? Um, any Anything specific that you're seeing? Any um, platform bigger than another other than TikTok? I know we talked about that. Yeah, I would say TikTok, you guys, I mentioned before, is like kind of the newest trending thing. Um, a lot of the other platforms, you know, it kind of depends on what kind of book you're writing. You know, Facebook kind of skews older. Um, Twitter is, or X, uh, is, Whatever. <laughs> is Whatever. <laughs> has a different, you know, demographic. And I think also it depends on like what you're posting. Like, you know, if you're sharing a lot of articles, you might want to use like Facebook or Twitter. Um, but if you're posting like images or graphics or video, uh, right? Video, you can use any platform, um, but video and photographs are good for Instagram. So I think it depends on what you're using. And then also like thinking about your, your market, like what, 
if there's a certain age bracket that your book's good for, like a children's book might be better on, you know, certain platforms like Instagram. I know children's books are popular on Instagram. So, you know, kind of keeping in mind, like what your book is, what the topic is and figuring out like where your audience is on social media and then putting your efforts that there. Yeah. Do you want to talk about hashtags? Like how important the use of hashtags uh, is our. Sure. Uh, so hashtags are, <laughs> hashtags are obviously really important. Uh, we have at HCI, we have a bunch of like book specific hashtags that we use that are popular. Um, and then, you know, figuring out, like, let's just say you have a book on happiness. You want to try to figure out all the popular happiness hashtags, uh, you know, just by going on on search there. Um, I've actually used uh, uh, the uh, AI also to look for hashtags. Like if you just put in what are some hashtags for a certain topic, a bunch of hashtags will pop up. Um, but also the same thing, looking at other authors and seeing what hashtags they're using. But there's a lot of book specific hashtags on Instagram in particular. Yeah. And I, and I always think that when you're, when you are, whoops, sorry, I'm echoing. When you're an author, it's important to use your name as your hashtag. So make sure you hashtag your own name and then hashtag something specific to your book, like what you're saying, like um, a, a broader topic, like happiness or peace or joy or change or whatever it is, forgiveness, but then also have um, more narrow. So when I use hashtags, I will do my name, something more narrow, and then something bigger, like self-help or self-help books or self-help author or something like that to, to bridge the different areas so that people can find it. But always use something consistent and specific to you, like Elizabeth Garino, hashtag Elizabeth Garino, hashtag change guidebook or success guidebook, so that people know that those are your hashtags, because you can you can use different programs too that will track your engagement and your and your hashtag use personally. So that's kind of neat. You can click on the hashtag and see how many people viewed your hashtag or are following it or whatever. So they work very much like like a Google search almost. That's what people use them for. They'll click on that and then, especially on Instagram, don't you think, Lindsay? It works really well on Instagram. Yeah, definitely. Instagrams where you have the most hashtags that are used. Yeah. Definitely. And because you can click on a hashtag and, and click follow and every, all the contents of that hashtag you then are following in your feed. So I think that's pretty helpful for people. Um, all right. So we're at the two o'clock mark and we promised to be cut it at an hour. Um, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you guys want to talk about? Do we cover everything? Any last comments? I think I'll leave it with you, Christine, to make the final comments. How's that sound? <laughs> Put you on the spot. <laughs> She's muted. She's like, oh, I'm good. You're muted. Okay, there. Just, yeah, believe in yourself. Believe in your dream. And, you know, yeah. just keep going forward. Yeah, never, ever, ever give up. Ever, never, ever, ever. Right? Christian, do you have any wise words for us to... No, I just, I think there was a lot of really good advice given here. Um, a lot of broad, broad advice, um, kind of covering all the facets. Um, so I think it's really useful for anyone who's either getting started in the process, but also someone that might be further along. Um, so I think everyone did, did a really great job here. Yeah. Thank you guys for being here. Thank everybody for being here. And, um, I think I speak for and you guys and you guys aren't muted, so chime in here. But gosh, we love you guys at HCI. You are a family. You make dreams come true. I I can't believe that, you know, I personally am in my mid-50s publishing a book. It's just the support we have from you all is, you know, it used to be, you know, like, oh, you're 40 and no, no more from you. And to be 50, almost 55 and putting a book out into the universe is just so cool and you embrace us you get behind us you make sure we're our best and i'm almost in tears i just am so grateful for you all the time i can't even tell you so i just am i like i said i just can't believe it's my life it's like a so cool i've been dreaming about being an author since i was in kindergarten <laughs> and so here so thank you and uh we have comments coming in saying thank you to us so thank you for your comments thank you for being here where this goes from here if you if you uh you know talking to the people who missed the show. So if you missed this, <laughs> it's going up on, which makes no sense, but it's going up on free replay and it'll go onto YouTube and, and various social media channels. It's always there. 
and so forth. And we're just grateful for your time and energy and, and um, supporting our books. Okay, three authors. Hold up your books one more time. Mine's dog-eared and written on, but here it is. Ready? Thank you, HCI. So cool. Anybody, Liz, you can get a screenshot of us. Can you do that? I can, you got it? There you go. Did you get it? I can I can pause it too and get a screenshot. All right, you guys. Thank you all for being here. So Thank great. You. All right, take care. Thank you. Love all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.